You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. From the studios of 97.1 The Sports Animal in Tulsa, Oklahoma, welcome to another episode of the Locked On Thunder podcast. I am your gracious and humble host, Eric G. Coming up on today's show, I'm going to be very cold and very calculating. Yes, this does concern Kevin Durant, but his injury last night blew the window wide open for the Oklahoma City Thunder, not just to make the Western Conference Finals, not to just challenge the Warriors, but the Thunder now have a legitimate shot of making the NBA Finals. We'll discuss what it will take the Thunder to get there and why now Sam Presti may ultimately need to make a coaching move in order to get the Thunder over the top. Also, we'll take a look at KD's future. Who is to blame for Kevin Durant being out on the court last night? And we'll talk about how Kevin Durant has now gone through two, not one, but two injuries that have essentially kept him out for a year and what that first one did to him mentally and how this second one might affect Kevin Durant. And we'll discuss the possibility of bringing Bradley Beal to Oklahoma City, what it would take to make that happen and uh, why there's something there I'm a little bit um, a little bit skeptical of. We'll get into all that right here on the Locked on Thunder podcast. My name is Eric G. I work for 97.1 The Sports Animal in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and I also host a channel on maven.io called Thunder Maven. Just go to basketballmaven.io slash thunder. If you like what you hear, download the Himalaya app to your phone. It's free, super easy to use. They will curate a playlist for you, and you can find it at Google Play and the Apple App Stores. It's Himalaya. Download it to your smart device. When you get into your car, then tell said smart device to play the Locked on Thunder podcast. Making light of a player's injury is completely classless. Making light of a player's injury is totally classless. That being said, if Sam Presti does not seize upon the opportunity to put the Thunder in in position to not only make the Western Conference Finals, but the NBA Finals next year, then he should be fired. Because Kevin Durant getting hurt, that Achilles injury that happened last night in Game 5 of the NBA Finals, not only gave the Thunder a new lease on life, it gave the Western Conference a new lease on life. And now, as the Lakers... The Houston Rockets, the Portland Trailblazers, the Utah Jazz all seem to be rubbing their hands together or all taking a look and evaluating their roster and seeing how close they are to getting over the hump. And I'm not saying Sam Presti shouldn't do this, but the Thunder haven't had a better opportunity to get to the finals since Kevin Durant was actually a member of this organization and the Thunder failed to close out a 3-1 to series lead on GSW. Now is the time that you've got to strike. And the first thing you have to strike with when you're Sam Presti is getting rid of Billy Donovan. Look, I like Billy Donovan. I am not opposed to Billy Donovan coaching this team, but Sam Presti up to this point has not given Billy Donovan a contract extension. And yes, as we discussed yesterday, you could see Billy Donovan possibly get an extension at the beginning of the season. But that's not the direction you want to go. Billy Donovan's message, to some extent, has been lost on Russell Westbrook. And thus, it's been lost on the rest of the team. Now, it is imperative 
that you go find a coach, somebody that Russell Westbrook will listen to. Who could that possibly be? It might be in your own backyard. It might, in fact, be Maurice Cheeks. And maybe you have the guy, and you need to elevate Mo Cheeks yesterday and soon as you found out about Kevin Durant in order to make Russell Westbrook happy. If he's not the guy, find the guy, whoever it is. and, And I don't care if you have to go pluck Jason Kidd off the Lakers staff or even pluck Lionel Hollins off their staff, and I don't necessarily think either one of those guys are the answer, I'm just giving examples of names, then you've got to do it. The second thing you've got to do is start pulling the trigger on some ballsy trades the way you did with Paul George and Carmelo Anthony. This means if you have an opportunity to get a guy like Bradley Beal Who would be your starting two guard? And it means giving up a young player like Terrence Ferguson, which no one's going to kill you for. If it means that you're going to have to give up the number 21 pick and pick somebody that the Warriors would like. If it means you even have to take on Dwight Howard to eventually turn around and salary dump him, that means you do it. If it means that you're trading with the Dallas Mavericks like we talked about yesterday and you go out and you get Tim Hardaway Jr., then by all means you do it. This has become all hands on deck, any means necessary. That's what last night was. And as much as we will talk about Kevin Durant and his injury and what you do if you're Kevin Durant and the whole aspect of not trusting team doctors, which we will get into in the second segment, what this is really about if you're a Thunder fan is now you've got the second best player in the NBA or in the Western Conference in Paul George. That is, if you want to consider LeBron James number one, Paul George is number two, the guy's an MVP candidate. If you don't want to say that it is Paul George and you want to say Paul is behind somebody like James Harden, fine, I'll go ahead along with that. I'll I'll give you James Harden. I might even give you Steph Curry. I might even give you Klay Thompson if you want to make that, that argument considering how clutch Clay was last night, and we'll discuss that here in a minute. But I think you'd be hard-pressed to find a whole lot of people that would disagree with you that without Kevin Durant in the Western Conference, on the sidelines for a year, or playing with the New York Knicks or whoever, that Paul George isn't number two overall. So now you've got him, you've got an MVP in Russ, You're still searching for what to do about two-guard, which means now you're going to have to figure out what to do about Andre Robertson, especially if you play for Bradley Beal. If you've got to give up Jeremy Grant, if you've got to give up Steven Adams, and we've said this before, all these things have to be on the table. And the triggers to these trades have got to get done in a very timely manner. So whether it's Billy Donovan or somebody else who's the coach, you put yourself in position to get this team to gel as quickly as possible. And I love the idea of going out and getting a guy like Justin Jackson. We talked a little bit about that yesterday here on the Locked on Thunder podcast. Getting Justin Jackson from the Dallas Mavericks because if Paul George is going to be out a significant amount of time, meaning more than just that return in mid-training camp, then Justin Jackson's a guy that gives you a viable backup for Paul George who can play. But now's the time where you, if you were thinking about staying status quo, which you should have never been, you throw that out the window. If you were thinking about going one direction because maybe you were trying to 
alleviate a little bit of your luxury tax bill. If I'm Clay Bennett, I tell Sam Presti, don't even worry about that right now. And granted, it's it's not my millions of dollars to spend. It's Clay Bennett's millions of dollars to spend. But if you're Clay Bennett and you really want to endear yourself to this organization, then this is the time that you spend. This is the time you separate with even more of your money and you kind of push all your chips to the middle middle of the table and say you're going all in this year. It was one thing to do it if you thought Kevin Durant might end up with the Clippers or you thought he might have a chance to come back to Golden State. You could push your chips to the middle of the table, but you could also have the failsafe of uh, getting rid of everybody at the trade deadline, and I guess you still have that tra- that, that failsafe now. But you do that when you're when sort of Kevin's playing when Kevin's playing at Golden State or Kevin's playing with the Clippers. You're pushing your chips to the middle of the table, but you're also kind of saying to your fans, "We think we can do it, but ultimately we know this team's better." There, there's there, there's that sort of cloud hanging over you of no matter how good you are you're not going to be able to get past this team well now you've got the opportunity to do it and you've got to take advantage of it real quick on the game last night um that last quarter was absolutely incredible and what i take away from that last quarter is one Kawhi leonard was on path to be an absolute legend last night scoring that 10 straight points putting the Toronto Raptors in position to win and putting the city of Toronto on his back for an opportunity to get their first championship since I think the Blue Jays won one. Because I don't think the Maple Leafs have won one since the Blue Jays won the World Series. But you did that. You had an opportunity. But then Clay and Steph showed you what it's like to have a heart of a champion. And when I think about Clay Thompson now... If he's not the most clutch player in the NBA, tell me who is. Tell me who is more clutch than Klay Thompson. Give me three guys that you would rather have the ball in their hands. If their name is not LeBron James, all right, if you're going to say LeBron, I'll give it to you. But you've got to choose between Klay Thompson, Steph Curry, Kevin Durant, or the rest of the NBA. Is there really anybody else you want other than one of those three taking the shot in the last few seconds? And that's something it's hard as an Oklahoma City fan to come to grips with is just how good they are, how clutch they are, because ultimately they've stomped on your soul and ripped out your heart for so long that it's it's tough to get past that blue and gold of what Golden State is and accept them for the greatness that they have. And last night they came through. Their biggest issue being emotionally ready to play coming up for this next game. And that's the one thing that you could kind of see in their face. And I'm a real big believer in body language. But if you looked at the close-ups of those guys' face last night, you can tell that they are drained. And it's going to be incredibly difficult for them, especially now with the bomb about to drop about Kevin Durant's Achilles and how long he and how bad it is. It's going to be very tough emotionally for those guys to get up. Normally, I would have told you that that loss last night would do in the Raptors, but Kyle Lowry had a chance to win it late, and Golden State just has no idea how to finish these guys off. Even when they win, Toronto always has that look of being able to take over a game at any point. This is the Locked on Thunder podcast. I'm Eric G. Download Himalaya to your phone now. All you got to do is go to the Google Play Store 
or the Apple App Store. It's Himalaya, just like the mountain range. They'll curate a playlist for you. When you get into your car, tell your smart device to play the Locked on Thunder podcast, and then Himalaya will just follow this up with whatever podcast um, that they feel you're interested in. So you get a chance to browse, rate, leave feedback, whatever. That's Himalaya. Download it to your phone now. And it's all part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Coming up, what's next for Kevin Durant? Thank you for listening to the Locked On Thunder Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Oklahoma City Thunder, as we talked about in segment number one, with an opportunity to really take advantage of this Kevin Durant situation by being aggressive with trades um, and then maybe freeing up some money to be aggressive in free agency, the draft, what have you. But, But the pressure should be on Sam Presti and crew to make sure that this team is in the NBA Finals next year or give you reason to believe that they could actually make the NBA Finals. Which brings me to this. What happens to Kevin Durant now that he finds out? Now, granted, the the official announcement at the time of this recording has not been made yet, but as Kevin Durant finds out that he's got a torn Achilles, and we can't think that it'll be anything else up to this time, your best-case scenario, if you are Kevin Durant, and I think this was according to WebMD. I looked it up on one of the medical websites, so I'm just going to assume that they're rep- reputable. Okay, I get it. Big mistake, but I'll assume it anyway. You're talking four to six months. Best case scenario with no setbacks. Four months, Kevin Durant, after surgery, would be ready to go at around December. More likely, it's going to be around February. And if you're Kevin Durant... And you can only come back in February, and your team looks like they're winning without you, fine. And if it looks like they're not winning without you and you're going to put in a lot of effort to ultimately not win a championship or make the finals, then you're probably going to want to stay out for a while. So what is next for Kevin Durant? Well, he can opt in to his current contract and make about over $30 million with Golden State, which that's the conventional way of thinking. However, if what these GMs are saying is true, and they're not BSing you, saying they had an opportunity to get Kevin Durant, and they would go ahead and offer him the max, then your Kevin Durant, instead of taking that guaranteed $30 million, if the Nets, if the Knicks, if the Clippers, which I would say the Nets and the Knicks, if you've got any chance to get Kevin Durant and you're going to pay him four years, $160 million, and he's willing to take it, and one of those years he's not going to be with you in uniform, then you go ahead and do it because you may not have another opportunity to get a player of this stature, especially if Kevin Durant exercises that one-year option, stays with Golden State, rehabs, and then goes into the free agent pool again, there's a lot that could have changed in the NBA by then, and he may find someplace else more attractive than what you're offering. So, yeah, it sucks that you would have him for a year. Sort of ties your hands. You're, sell- you're selling to your fans the hope, the anticipation that the next year is going to be a whole lot better because you've got the second-best player in the NBA. But it's a risk that you have to be willing to take if you're a certain organization. If the Thunder 
had an opportunity to offer Kevin Durant a four-year, $160 million contract. Even if he's going to be out a year, I would tell Sam Presti to go ahead and do this. And if you're Golden State, now you're in a, you're in a situation where you have to offer him the Supermax. You, if you're Golden State, you need to beg Kevin Durant. You need to do one of two things. One, beg him to opt out. So you can offer him the Supermax, and you can look good PR-wise. Because if your doctors told Kevin Durant he was well enough to play, if they told Steve Kerr that he was well enough to play, and Kevin Durant listened, went out, and further damaged his Achilles, and he's not the same, then not only are you may be possibly in legal trouble and you're going to have the union going after you with a microscope, but you're also going to ward off any possible free agents coming there because they're not going to trust you. They're going to see you as every other organization as to being selfish and not letting a player make his decisions. And every professional athlete I know, everyone that I've had the pleasure of working with, all of them hate the team doctors. None of them trust the team doctors, especially when it comes to health, because ultimately the way they see the organization is that the organization is just being greedy and wants to get them back on the floor or the field as soon as possible. And whatever happens to you while you're out there or however it affects the afterlife, they're not concerned about that. They're not concerned about that at all. What they're concerned about is you being able to produce for them, make them money by filling the stands and possibly give them an opportunity to win a championship. In fact, if I was the union right now, I would negotiate in the next CBA to really eliminate the whole team doctor position and figure out a way for players to hire their own personal physicians to be on that staff and to be there and be either at practice every day, travel with them on the road, but those be the play, those be the doctors that the players go to is the ones of their choosing that way. If something like this ever happens again, the situation with Kevin Durant, then it it's really on the player because they chose the doctor. And if said player doesn't like the information that the doctor gave him, or something screwy happens, then you're just suing that doctor. You're not taking it out on the team. But that's something that certainly needs to be discussed coming up in the next CBA because right now it's just you're in a situation where I, there, there is no way. I'm going to listen to my body. I'm going to make my decision. And no matter how much pressure an organization is putting on me, a fan base is putting on me, I'm going to go out there and do it when I feel comfortable doing it. So if you're Kevin Durant, Derrick Rose, and you're in a playoff situation or a final situation, listen to your body, not all the talk around you, because ultimately that gets you in trouble. And if you want to know who I blame for this, yeah, I blame the Golden State GM. I blame the organization because they're the ones that let this happen. There was no checks and balances on this whatsoever and right now they look like a greedy organization that only cares about championships not the well-being of their players this is the locked on thunder podcast i am eric g coming up next um well 
we talked a little bit about who's to blame on this. We'll talk a little bit more about the Bradley Beal situation. It's all right here on the Locked on Thunder podcast. Don't forget, download Himalaya to your phone. All you got to do, go to the Google Play Store or the Apple App Store, download Himalaya to your phone, and then tell your smart device to play the Locked on Thunder podcast. It's all part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks again for listening to the Locked On Thunder podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. One thing that we did not get into and I wanted to get into before the end of the show today is Kevin Durant now for the second time in his career is facing a season, essentially a season outside of basketball where he gets an opportunity to think. And last time that happened, it ultimately... If we believe what we read, and with Kevin Durant, it's very hard to do so, we believe that that ultimately swayed Kevin Durant to start thinking about life outside of Oklahoma City, what things could be like, and was very instrumental in his decision to go to Golden State. Is that year away from basketball? And if Kevin Durant were to take that $30 million player option and just sit it out a year, and have an opportunity to think, I find it hard to believe this time, considering the fact that he's over 30 years old, that it would mean that it would make that much of a difference in what he's deciding to do in free agency. I just, I, I, I can't, I really cannot come to grips with that. I don't think that that is the case this year, but it'll be hard on him extremely mentally, even harder than it will be physically. Because the problem with Kevin Durant, as everyone says, and I guess it's really not a problem, is the fact that he just loves basketball. And when you're away from something that you love and you can't do it, and when you're one of the best in the world and really can't do what you're that good at, then that will play all sorts of mind games on you. And how Kevin Durant comes out of this, and we talk about Kevin Durant not being the same, forget being the same physically. Because one thing I do like about Kevin Durant is his game and how much of it is like Dirk Nowitzki's in the fact that you can age gracefully when you play the way that Kevin Durant does, when you're a shooter and you rely a little bit less on the explosion and doing things athletically the way that Russell Westbrook does. Um, I, I think physically he'll be fine. Mentally, where will he be after now sitting out another year in basketball that's where the multi-million dollar question comes in, how gun-shy he will be and how quickly he'll want to get back on the court. And I can't think that it's, you know, there's part of me that thinks he'll want to get out there as quick as he can. There's another part of me that thinks, well, maybe not so much. Another thing that I do want to bring up is, doesn't it feel like the Thunder completely misused Serge Ibaka during his last year in Oklahoma City trying to turn him into a stretch four? Well, when you look at his career numbers, Serge is a 36% three-point shooter. So he never really was that bad. And the year that he took the most threes was that year that it was he was split between Toronto and Orlando. But where Serge still does his best work to me, even though he can hit the three, it's inside the paint. And we know that the Thunder completely value stretch fours, which Jeremy Grant is improving in the three-point shot area, but he's still not great. And we know that the Thunder would love a stretch five, somebody that could possess the skill set of a DeMarcus Cousins and not break down the way a DeMarcus Cousins is. So what that means for me is if 
the Thunder truly value three-point shooting and truly do not want to mishandle Jeremy Grant and Steven Adams, it tells me that those both of those guys cannot feel comfortable here in Oklahoma City, no matter how hard they improve, because the Thunder right now with this opportunity to actually be champions of the Western Conference here next year are going to need to find a philosophy, stick with it. And if guys who are essentially one-dimensional type players, and I'm talking about Steven Adams, and can't give you any more than what he has, and look, he's great on rebounding. He is the most vicious pick sitter in the NBA, but if he can't give you anything outside, you need to get rid of him. How about if Jeremy Grant is still in the developmental stages of his career, then yeah, you need to go ahead and get rid of him. Then that's what you've got to do. And it's all on Sam Presti, but this has now become one of, if not the most crucial year in Thunder basketball. That wraps up today's show. I'm Eric G. Thank you very much for listening. Catch me on 97.1 The Sports Animal with Pat Jones in Tulsa every weekday from 11 to 2. And until tomorrow. May God bless you and your family. Everybody love everybody. Peace, love, and thunder. You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network.